This story is titled, Am I the Askinaut for Asking My Fiancé to Stop Supporting His Mother? Let me start by saying my mother-in-law is young, healthy, and works a good full-time job. Before my fiancé, R, 30 male and I, 30 female, got together, he recently bought a house and invited his mom to move in with him. He was a single man for a long time, and I believe he didn't think he would ever settle down. R paid all of the household bills, including some of her personal expenses. The house is a multifamily, so his rental portion covers most of the mortgage. My mother-in-law works and is fully able to do so, being that she is healthy and under 50. She parties, shops, and loves to constantly buy new furniture. Being that she has no actual bills and has never offered to help, this is no problem for her to afford a fun young lifestyle. R has been living with me for over a year now and pays for nothing in my house. I feel bad asking him to contribute since he is still fully supporting a house he no longer sleeps in. Well, things have changed now that we have a baby on the way. I have two kids from a previous marriage and cannot afford to support three plus two adults alone. I have nicely brought up the fact that his mother needs to start helping with the bills in her house, which she has fully made her own. He refuses to ask her to pay anything, claiming that she's worked hard to support him and she doesn't have a plan for retired life. She has about 18 years until she can even think of retirement. She spends her money recklessly and constantly is asking him to pay for random things on top of his full support. We are in the process of buying a home together, and I see it unfair that we must now budget and struggle so she can live her best life. As a mother, I feel she is taking advantage of him, and I would never rely on my children. Especially with the baby on the way, I was hoping she would put her greed aside and want him to build a life of his own while providing for the family he's creating. Am I the Askinaut for wanting our household to be his priority? No? Hells no. This is an uphill battle though, right? This is this is definitely going to be an uphill battle because he has allowed her to grow accustomed to this lifestyle. And although, yes, it's on her, she should have been saving instead of spending recklessly and just she doesn't have any kind of plan for retirement, but she's buying new furniture left and right and he doesn't want to speak up about it. He is choosing to be an asshole here. By not speaking up about it and by not making his family the family he chose, the family he started, to be his first priority. In this case, he's essentially acting as if his mother is still his first priority. There are some cultures that this may be the way it's supposed to be. In my opinion, this is not the way it should be. And the mother is completely taking advantage of him. If she didn't immediately step up and say, hey, you guys have a baby on the way. I'm paying for everything over here now. You guys have your own to take care of. I know how difficult that could be then she is being 100% selfish here as well. She probably has this mentality though, well, if he doesn't say anything, then I assume everything is okay. And she knows better. She knows he won't speak up because she's mommy. Not speaking up is also choosing to be an asshole here. This is not going to end well because either OP, you have to, you're going to have to force him to stand up for himself here and to say, look, my first line of responsibility here is to my wife and the child that is on the way. It's on the family that I chose, the family that I created. He has to do that at some point, but in your needing to, pressure him to do that, he's going to lash out at you for it. He's going to feel like he's being pressured to do it. He needs to be pressured to do it, but he's going to get mad at you for pressuring him to do that. If you speak up to mom, that's going to create a whole new series of drama here. He has to step up at some point. He has to. He's going to have to realize that he is harming his baby. He is harming his family to provide for his mother. Is it worth taking food out of the mouth of your child to give to your mother. And I don't know how you illustrate that to him in a way that doesn't end up with him getting pissed off, but it needs to be done. And I would stay on him until he does it. 
He refuses to ask her to pay for anything, claiming that she's worked hard to support him and she doesn't have a plan for a retired life. Unless he has the ability to support both his family and her, he's robbing Peter to pay Paul. He's robbing his family to pay her. And she needs to know that that's happening. But I don't think you can be the one to tell her that. It's got to be him. He's got to stand up and say, I cannot do this anymore. Give her a heads up. Tell her, you know, in three months from now, this is going to happen. Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a sudden thing, but it does have to happen. And him choosing to let this continue does put him on the ask on scale. But where? Four is you could have done it differently. He definitely checks that box. Three is you should have done it differently. I think he definitely checks that box. Him refusing to speak up and and tell her that she needs to start paying her own way so he can afford to support his own family. Is it a one? I feel like two, two is the is the good fit here. I don't think he's evil because it's not coming from a place of malice, right? I think he he feels beholden to his mother, clearly more so than his own family. And and this could very well end up becoming a one scenario if he continually refuses to speak up and do this. But right now, I feel like he's a two. He's on his way to a one, but he can prevent it. Now, mom, for taking advantage of him, knowing that he has a family of his own to support and her not speaking up. And saying, hey, I know this needs to change. He could be painting this picture to her, though, that he's doing great and he can pull off both. So asterisk, if he has painted this scenario to his mother as if he is doing well enough to pull off both without causing his own family harm, it's hard to pin ask on one on her. That's a very, very, very slim chance, though. We have to operate based on the assumption that she knows. And also, she's not doing anything to try to remedy her own problem here. She's just spending money like it's nothing like she'll never have to pay for anything in her life ever ever again so yes let's put her there mama's taking a trip on our favorite rocket ship to and through the sky ask on one title of this story is, Am I the Astronaut for Dropping My Daughter's Cake Out of Our Apartment Window? Why does the title have to piss me off? You dropped your daughter's cake out the apartment window? This better be an accident. But, but, but the way that it's written makes me think that it's not. Unless she did something real, real wrong. I am male 45. I'm a single parent of two kids. My daughter 14, let's call her A, and my son 9, let's call him E. A and E have both struggled with a difficult childhood after the passing of my wife a few years ago. She was the light of my life and she was an amazing mother to both of our kids. A was always very much a mama's girl. She still loves me, I know that, but especially since her mother has passed, we have had a bit of trouble communicating. I know she is also getting colder and growing into a phase where it's not as cool to talk to your parents, but recently it's been frustrating to me that we aren't able to connect as well. E and I still get along. I know that he's younger, but he still seems to think of me as the awesome dad that they both used to think that I was. Since A has been going through a rough time, she has started to struggle in school this year. She was always really stellar, with her classes in the past, but lately she's been skipping homework and has been missing out on tons of assignments. I recently logged in to the parent portal and saw all of the F's that A had been receiving on her missing work, and I was livid. I have to work during some of the day, so after school, A and E take the bus to our apartment building and are supposed to do their homework while I'm at work until they finish it. They're usually only alone for a few hours at most. I have a lovely neighbor, an older lady who I'll call Miss J, who makes sure they make it inside all right. I came home yesterday planning to have a conversation with A about her grades, only to find that she had spent the day trying to bake a cake after she got out of school. She has all these assignments and all of these horrible grades and is baking a cake. 
I understand that school is not always a priority for kids, but I was absolutely furious. I sat her down and tried to have a communication with her about the situation, but was met with the usual rude and cold teenager tone that I've recently been receiving. I told A to go to her room and work on assignments for the rest of the night. She told me that mom would have helped me make the cake instead of yelling at her, and that just broke me. I was seeing red, and I picked up her cake, opened our apartment window, and just dropped it. A broke down in tears and slammed her door shut. I felt justified at the time, but I now feel bad for doing it, bringing up their mother as a sensitive topic for both of the kids and myself, and it just broke me. A is now grounded until she finishes all of her missing work, but I still need to know, do we think that I'm the asshole here? I appreciate any advice. This makes me want to nick panic moonwalk, just like... This isn't going to help. Obviously, throwing a cake out a window is not going to help. And if anything, you're teaching your kid here that lashing out is, is a way to help and solve problems, right? Also, why did she bake a cake? Did you take the time to ask and be like, why? What is this for? Like, what, what are you doing this for? Are you doing this for a special occasion? Did you just decide to do it? What, what is going on here? But as communication goes, this ain't it. Just flipping out and taking it and throwing it out the window ain't it. That's not going to solve any of the problems here. And I understand the importance that you're placing on grades. I understand the importance that you're placing on responsibility. And I understand as a sole parent here that you feel like you're the only one that has to teach them responsibility. You have to prepare them for the outside world, right? I get that. However, this ain't it. I don't feel like this was the lesson that you intended to teach here. Being there as a sounding board for her, especially since she doesn't have a mother in her life anymore, who probably was the emotional connection, right? But be there. I don't feel like you're going to be able to punish her, given the current state, into submission here. I don't feel like you're going to be lashing out and that's going to be effective at her getting her grades up. There's got to be some understanding and communication here that goes into what's really going on. What's happening? And how can I be a resource to help you navigate these troubling times instead of just being like, you know what? You did the wrong thing. Goosh. Also, you had an opportunity to eat some cake there, man. And you literally threw it out the window. What are you doing? Candy Thunder, I want to know here because when it comes to communicating with teenage girls, I'm not the bestest. I'm calling in some help here. I think that sometimes that we forget that teenagers um, or kids, toddlers, whatever, um, have emotions, just like we have emotions. Um, we have bad days. We struggle in life. And I think thinking that kids don't have that problem is super, like it's super shitty to think that your kids can't have things going on in their life that mean just as much as like, the struggles that he's having. So if I feel bad for this girl because obviously she's going through something. Like if she didn't have bad grades before her mom passed away and this is a new thing, then figure out why she's having bad grades. Don't just punish her. Like if she does a 180 and something's changed, then figure out what changed or what she needs to do to help heal herself from losing her Sol mom. Solve the root issue instead yeah. of just punishing the the behaviors. Yeah. Don't, don't put something that she put time and effort into and throw it out the window. Like, obviously, you just took whatever she was feeling, whatever emotion she put into baking that cake, and you threw it out a window. And that could be like a turning point where you lose somebody forever because you just told them that they don't matter. Like, what? why was she baking the cake? What did she, like, what did it mean to her to do that? Right. And she already brought up her mom, and you tossed it out the window. And yeah, she needs hugs. She needs love. She needs to know that even though her mom isn't here, like, the memory stays alive, and you can love her just as much even though the mom's not here. It's kind of sad. 
It is sad. I, and and there's been a lot of a lot of comments in here about you're missing like the, the grieving part of this. Maybe this mm-hmm. is part of the grieving process. Maybe this is something she used to do with her mom. Maybe this is maybe there's something symbolic here. But rather than taking the time to communicate about it and be like, what's going on here? He just reacted. And yes, right. I understand he's hurting, too. I, I understand that. Right. But I think uh, as a parent going through something difficult with your kids, you have to be able to separate at least at some point here and and still be a parent, still be the parent that they need. And in this case, if you can't be that emotional component that helps them grieve, therapy is a really good idea. And I think if you were looking at this as to what is causing this, what are the core issues of this? And like you said, if there was a 180 in her behavior, if that happened after she lost her mom, dude, what do you think is going on here? I think that if he had actually figured out what was going on, like why she baked the cake and then like he could have had a breakthrough that could have like improved her grades. Because maybe that's what she needed. Maybe it's not about the schoolwork. Maybe that's just overwhelming her. And this was an outlet to something can you, therapeutic. Can you imagine, and I, I'm sure some people in chat went through this, but imagine being like a teenager going through all of the mess that is being a teenager, but also losing your mom and no, then trying no. to do schoolwork on top of that and stay on top of your shit. No. And I think the thing that I'm trying to say is that um, like in the moment for teenagers, what's happening with them um, is just as hard as what's happening out when we say like you if you can't handle this you can't handle the real world but this is their real world like this is everything that matters to them all their emotions they have all the emotions that we do and i get overwhelmed you get overwhelmed like i get i get upset i get pissed off like like all of these things like we all feel that and it's we we try to say that kids shouldn't feel those things and i think that's what he's He's not looking at the problems. He's just looking at the results and saying it shouldn't be like this. Go fix it. But instead, look at what caused the problem. Someone had said that uh, it seems like he feels like her pain is an inconvenience to him. And he's hurting, too. But exactly. But her she's she's allowed to hurt, too, man. This could be a good thing. This could be something where if you really opened up and had the conversation with her, you guys could grieve together and do these kind of things together and actually heal from it. And instead, it's been turned into a big negative. I haven't lost my mom, so I don't. I don't know what that's like, um, but I can imagine going through that time in my life without my mom and would and relying on would, your dad. To, suck. It would yeah. suck. It would suck so bad. So I, I know that there were people who said that they lost their mom and I, I'm so sorry because I can, I can only imagine how, how much that hurt. Thank you for the assist, Katie Thutter. I needed it. This was not, this was not a reward thing. This was, this was me needing, needing help. And this is what happens at home too with, with teenage girl things. I'm like, I, I mean, I don't, I don't. I don't I like go Kevin Hart on it. I'm like, I don't I don't understand what's happening. I need I need help and some stuff like that. And I think this is a really good example of maybe what he's going through, too, because he doesn't have his wife there to bounce this off of anymore. And yes, he's hurting. And this is clearly like something that he can't handle. So it becomes portrayed as an inconvenience to him. And somebody said in here, I don't think he's an asshole. But he made an asshole decision in that moment. This was an asshole decision in this scenario. He chose to be an asshole. And that sucks. It's not an evil thing. She may, she probably thinks it is because everything's amplified for them anyway, but it was definitely not the right thing to do. And for that, I think we have to send him up to ask on too. I understand it's difficult for everybody in that scenario right now, but as hard as it probably is in that moment, he has to prioritize the feelings of his kids above his own feelings. And I know that's easy to say uh, and much, much more difficult to do, but I think it's apparent that your responsibility in there and it's also his responsibility to get them in some kind of, of therapy to help, especially because he's having trouble connecting and communicating and understanding. That's why it's even more important to to get them some kind of outlet and, and get that started. That's rough. Uh, also, 
You damaged a cake, bro. Why for? Don't do it. Mission protect the cake, man. This is from True Off My Chest, and it is titled, I found out my friend's husband is cheating on her, but she still believes his lies. Claire, 30 female, and I, 30 female, have been friends since our freshman year of high school. We met in our science class and bonded over the fact that we both hated science. We both had other friends, but we became each other's best friends. We talked for hours on the phone almost every night. We dressed up as duos for Halloween. We went to college together, roomed together, roommates after college. You get the idea, we were besties. She had a younger brother, and I had an older brother and we became the sister we both never had. Sounds cliche, I know, but we considered ourselves lucky that we had our science class together that year. Her parents were in the middle of a divorce, and I think it helps her to have someone understand and talk to her about it. She met her now husband through a co-worker. They started dating five years ago and have now been married for three years. He was good to her and made her feel loved, and I never had any issues with him. They seemed happy together. Last week, Claire asked if I wanted to grab dinner because she wanted to talk to me about something that had been bothering her. She told me she felt like her husband was having an affair. She wanted me to help her figure out if her husband was cheating on her. Claire said she knows the consequences of accusing him without proof, but she has this gut feeling that she can't shake. We made a plan for me to follow her husband on the night he had to work late. I understand how crazy this sounds now that I'm writing this out, but stick with me. I agreed to her plan, and she said... He told her he had to work late Thursday night. I didn't have any concrete plans and was able to do what she needed. Well, I confirmed her suspicions. He left his office and met up with a woman at a hotel bar for about an hour, and then they went upstairs to a room. I assume he was touching her leg at the bar. She was laughing with him and putting her hand on his shoulder. I would be uncomfortable if my boyfriend was at the bar touching another woman like this. I am not married, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it just felt too comfortable. I snapped pictures of his hand on her thigh and of them walking to the elevator to go upstairs, and then I left. I went to my friend's house, and she was beside herself with the evidence. I sent her the pictures so she would have them on her phone. I never heard back from her that evening. I called her the next morning, and my call was declined, rang two times, and went to voicemail. I texted her and did not hear anything back. By lunch, I was concerned and called again, declined, sent a voicemail. I called her office, and she was out of the office today, but I could leave a message. She lives too far from my office to stop by on my lunch break. I heard nothing all afternoon and I was genuinely concerned for her. We normally talk at least once throughout the day. I went directly to her house after work. Her husband answered the door. She was standing behind him crying. He said he knew that I had fabricated pictures of him at a hotel and sent them to his wife. He said he was disgusted that I would try to break up their marriage. From behind him, Claire yells something like she trusted me and couldn't believe that I would try to ruin her marriage and that his colleague confirmed to her that he was at work until 10 p.m. She didn't understand why I would make fake images of her husband at a bar. He said he always knew that I didn't like him and I was just waiting for an opportunity to get him out of the picture, which is completely untrue. I have never had a problem with him until recently when Claire told me her concerns and I agreed that he had been acting differently. My best friend believes her husband over the actual proof that I provided at her request. He told me that they wanted me to leave and to never come back. I was in freaking shock. So now I am here, completely heartbroken, asking what I should do. My friend is being cheated on by her husband. His reaction confirms that I am 100% certain of what I saw. 
I didn't fabricate pictures to try to break up their marriage. My friend asked me to do something, and I did it. She's been my friend for 15 years. She was basically my sister, so I didn't hesitate. Do I try to convince her that her husband is lying? Do I sit back and let this play out? I am heartbroken over losing my friend, but I also feel if she was able to believe her husband so quickly over the evidence I gave her, that maybe there is nothing I can do. Conflicted is the word, I guess. I would appreciate advice because I just don't know where to go from here. My boyfriend told me to back off and just let it play out. He believes Claire's husband is cheating and is as confused as I am by the situation. Holy dooly. Okay. Oof. This is surpassy. Like Sanco de Mayo. You know, this reminded me of a story that we read a, a while back where a where a bestie actually did try to bust up a marriage and actually did fabricate images. Um, and... And if that were actually the case, that would suck. Let's assume that it's not. Your bestie asked you to do something. You did it. She didn't believe the evidence. Obviously, he's her kryptonite. Obviously, he's gaslighting the holy shit out of her. Uh, and she's either in denial, like knows that it's true, but is afraid of admitting it. Or or when she confronted him, became afraid at his response. She may be just just scared here. If she really doesn't believe you, and maybe he's maybe he's like hawking everything now and he's monitoring her communication with you, which is entirely possible because you've threatened you've threatened his good times. Right. But he's not going to stop. We know that much because he gaslight he gaslit the shit out of her. So my mind immediately meant to what could you do that was irrefutable? That was there's no way that this could be like fabricated or photoshopped or what the hell ever. What if you did a video call? caught him with a video call while stuff is going on like send a live feed through and be like look no bullshit here this is actually what's happening if you care about your friend that much and i guess that's what it comes down to it sucks that your friend is being gaslit there are two ways to look at this you can either feel betrayed that your friend believes her her husband's lies over you as her bestie of 15 years or you can look at this as a cry for help and as her being in danger and you can do whatever you can, whatever is within your power to try to pull her out of this situation. And that's where I would go. I'd be like, look, my friend is in trouble here and I've got to help. But I guess there are two different ways to go here. What do you guys think? My immediate thought is that increases the danger that my friend is in. And I feel even more beholden to getting them out of that situation or to helping them get out of that situation. Because if you do nothing, if you just walk away right now, how long is it going to take? For her to, to open her eyes. How long is it going to take for her to get herself out of this situation? And afterward, how pissed off is she going to be at you for not doing more to get her out of the situation? I feel like you've got to step it up here. And maybe that's the wrong move. Maybe that puts her in more danger. I don't know. But I feel like getting some kind of irrefutable evidence here would be my play. The weird part here is that it's not like the friend took it upon themselves to go do this. Her bestie, the wife in this scenario... She said she had the hunch and asked the friend to do it. So her doing a 180 here and now accusing the friend does not make sense unless she's in some kind of danger. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. He's gaslighting her, sure, but I think she's also afraid because she had the hunch. She asked for this to happen. If she hadn't, if OP had just prompted this on her own, I could see her reaction making more sense. But it makes no sense here unless she's playing along for her own safety. And that sucks. Maybe find the woman he's cheating on with the friend. There you go. Find the woman, have her talk to your friend, the wife, and have her confess everything. That may be the one way out of all this. <laughs> Am 
Am I the Askinoff for ending my friendship because she said I am not a real mom because I send my kids to daycare? Oh no! This is a long story. My friend, Maddie, 44 female, and I, 44 female, have been friends since college. However, she had other plans as she always wanted to be a housewife, so she dropped out of college and got married. I, on the other hand, have worked my way up. I wanted to build my own career before starting a family. This is why I didn't date much in my 20s. I put all of my focus on my business and making it work. Because of that, I lost touch with a lot of my friends, including Maddie. She has five kids. So she is also busy with her own thing. Over the years, Maddie has pressed a lot that I should get married. I will not find a good husband if I wait till my 30s. She knows my trauma with relationships in the past. I wanted to heal properly before I started dating. Also, this is one of the reasons why I lost touch with her. I finally met my husband a little later. We decided to try for kids and it was a miracle that I got pregnant so easily at the age of 39. My mother's side has a history of infertility. Maddie was happy for me. We decided to try for another kid and then another miracle and we ended up having twins. Wowza. My twins are now 14 months old so we decided to put them in daycare. When my friend got to know about this, she told me it is wrong for a child to stay away from their parents for a long time. She suggested that I should quit my work and be a full-time mom now. And since we are financially well-off, we can afford it. Yes, we are financially well-off, and I have already taken a step back from my career till my kids go to preschool, but I do not want to quit my job. She accused me of being a fake mother because, one, I used an epidural during both of my deliveries. Okay. Two, I hired nannies. And three, I put my kids in daycare. She thinks if you are not struggling as a mother, you are not a real mother. She said some pseudoscience stuff that kids who go to daycare end up becoming a spoiled brat and disrespectful because they do not feel a mother's warmth. Or they learn social skills earlier in life and end up less likely to be shitheads. This was the last straw. I told her to mind her own business and that her kids are no better since they always get in trouble. I know what is best for my children. There was a lot of arguing, but the end result was that I blocked her and told her to not talk to me. I feel bad because we've been really close friends. We have known each other for more than 20 years. I do feel like an astronaut. No! The question was, am I the astronaut for ending my friendship because she said I'm not a real mom because I send my kids to daycare? Hell no. Holy shit. Um, okay, so... <laughs> uh, so, is entire entirely possible that she's jealous. There also is another option here or another possibility, and that is a clash in ideologies. And this has happened before. Like friends can be friends for a really, really long time. And then they they end up in this situation where they have this belief. Sometimes it's religious, but they have this belief or political that it's at this same level. It could be a core belief that just clashes with another person's to the point where they can't just be accepting and an adult about it and just where they can't just keep their mouth shut and accept someone for who they are. They have to push their own belief agenda onto them, which makes her an even bigger asshole. There is no case here that she is not an asshole. She is a humongous Ascon one. No doubt about that. She is a humongous Ascon one. And yes, it sucks to lose a friend like this, but guess what? The person who was your friend 20 years ago is no longer the person that you have to day that is no longer who she is she has been transformed by life and that's what happens people are people's views are are made up of a filter of that is the sum of all of their life experiences right that's how where their belief systems come from so she is not the same person that you were friends with way back then she's been judgy as f to you for a long ass time which is why you had a falling out in the first place she has never been accepting of who you are as an individual she has this narrow-minded mindset that how she is is the way that everyone should be. Nah, that's not somebody you want as a friend anyway. She is a cookie cutter and expects everyone else to be the same cookie cutter. 
and people who aren't the cookie cutter, she judges. And not just judges, but actively judges to their face and says, You know, that's just wrong. You're not a mother because you used an epidural. You're not a mother if you didn't have your bebe in the middle of the woods with no doctor there and used only leaves to clean up. You're not a mother unless you, unless you raise your child from the teeth until the age of seven. Children who are spoiled by their mother do not end up spoiled shits. They end up well-adjusted humans. None of this makes sense. Nothing she's spouting here makes sense at all. And I'm sure that there are, there are plenty, thousands, millions of people who make the choice to be a stay-at-home parent, and that is their job. They enjoy the hell out of it. However, that does not mean that that has to be what everyone does. Does it not mean that you are less of a mother because you also have a career? You are training your children and showing your children that you don't have to choose to sacrifice everything. You are showing your children that they can still aspire to run a business, to do whatever the hell they want to do and have a family. That makes you stronger, in my opinion. You are showing them that there is so much possible. These are, these are the same people who have religious and political beliefs and have to argue with everyone that they encounter that doesn't believe the exact same thing that they do instead of just accepting people for who they are, especially friends. I have plenty of friends that have different belief systems than me. Does it make me any less their friend? I feel like that's part of it. <laughs> Candy Thunder goes, <laughs> Candy Thunder and I have different belief systems on some things. I still love her. Don't love her any less. She goes like this for that too. Yeah. It's your choice it is not your friend's choice on what you do with your life and the fact that she is judging you for it in such a harsh way and trying to knock you down for it yes either means that she's jealous and regrets what she did with her life or this is her worldview and she's trying to force it upon you and she will never stop judging you cut her out gone she gone she gone if i haven't said it yet nta for you here friend Goes all the way up to a judgy Ascon one. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home mom. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a working mom. You do what works for your family. the astronaut for not providing my son with money for the book fair background information my former partner and i separated for multiple reasons and as a result our son nine has experienced periods of his father being absent leading to feelings of abandonment and diagnosed by his therapist his father has not provided any financial assistance or participated in co-parenting when i was going through a difficult time and asked for help he simply told me to figure it out currently he owes me over 25 grand in unpaid child support i have since remarried and have been with my husband since my son was three or four years old. Although we are not wealthy, we are doing reasonably well. We both have full-time jobs and we recently started our own business and purchased a house. We have always been generous with our son, he calls my husband dad, buying him any books or toys he desired, as long as he maintained good grades and followed the rules. After my son's father re-entered his life last year, he began exhibiting behavioral issues due to his disagreement with my rules. These rules, such as brushing his teeth daily, making his bed in the morning, and properly washing himself in the shower, were met with resistance. He argued that he should not have to follow these rules because his father's household does not enforce them. Like basic hygiene stuff? Okay. When I explained to him that these are essential life skills for him to be a functional adult, he expressed a desire to live with his father instead. I agreed to his request on the condition that he live within the means of his father's household. 
This meant no calls asking for new toys or video games, and he would also have to leave behind the books, toys, and electronics we had previously provided for him. Consequently, his living situation changed from having his own bedroom with a TV, an iPad, two Nintendo Switch consoles, a PS4, and access to any books, toys, and high-end clothing and shoes he wanted to residing in a two-bedroom apartment with his biological father, stepmother, and three half-siblings. He understood, and we made the arrangement, with him now living primarily with his father and visiting me every other weekend. Which brings me to today. My son called me, requesting around $35 for the book fair because they can't afford it. In the past, I would usually send him with roughly $40 so he could buy all the books he wanted along with some posters. However, today I declined his request and reminded him of the agreement we had made prior to this move. I believe that if their household cannot afford to give him the requested $35, it is not my responsibility, as he made the choice to live that lifestyle. However, my sister believes that I am being mean, so I ask, am I the asshole for refusing to provide my son with money for the book fair? Nope. No, ma'am, you are not, because you agreed to this ahead of time. And I'm sure that I'm thinking a lot of what everybody else is thinking, and that's, uh, hey, uh, just... Just ask your dad to give you the 35 bucks and tell him I'll take it out of the 25 grand that he owes me. Don't know if you got into that conversation with him. How old is he? He's nine. Wow. Nine, nine is early. His, that's younger than I thought it was going to be. I, you know, I thought he would be inching up toward the, the teenage angsty years before having these kind of issues, but he made his choice. And nine is, uh, nine is young. Um, OP could have bucked against this, against this completely and be, been like, no, because obviously, you know, in 25K worth of arrears, no court would ever say that he could go live with him or order you to do that or allow it until until they made some kind of agreement. You essentially have forgiven that um, to allow him to go live there. So it, you you didn't have to do this. You, you did it to teach him a lesson. And I think it's a valuable lesson worth learning here. He said this is what he wanted. You allowed him to follow through with what he wanted, explaining to him in great detail what it would involve. And yeah, he's only nine, but he accepted that. And now it's the follow through. And at this point, it is, oh, either I show him that there are no consequences for choices and I give him the money or I stick to my guns. I show him there are consequences for choices and actions and actually follow through with the lesson that I intended whenever I agreed to this in the first place. If she had given him, if OP, if you had given him the money here, you would have undone everything you had done prior to this to teach him the lesson. He would have learned nothing here. I'm sure it's uncomfortable staying where he's staying, especially in comparison to the bougie life that he had before. But if you allow him to 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 do things outside of that agreement, outside of the conditions that he agreed to whenever he said he would go live there, then you are undoing the lesson that you're hoping that he learns. I think you have to stick to your guns here. I think you absolutely have to. And you say, this is what you agreed to. If you don't like it, you're welcome to come back here. And I hope that's part of it. I hope that's part of the conversation here to say, to say, yeah, well, you can come back here whenever you're ready to, but this is what you agreed to. This story is titled, Am I the Askonaut for Not Wanting to Date ChatGPT? Is this our future? We're going to be dating robots? 
So a month ago, my online friend of two years, Mail39, reached out with very elaborate messages suggesting why we should start up a long-distance relationship romantically. I, female 47, was very flattered and have always enjoyed his friendship, which was casual. We were not besties and did not talk every day up until this point, but I had always appreciated his personality and patience with others. I agreed that we should explore it. I felt his eloquent messages were definitely fun to get, as it felt like he put a lot of time and effort into them. Well, fast forward a month of rose-colored glasses, long-distance relationship fun. Through this time of all the big conversations and even many, many little small message responses just started to have that over-the-top feeling, which did not align to how he spoke over voice slash video. It was cute at first, then just felt off. At one point a few weeks in, I even jokingly mentioned it sounded like he used ChatGPT to write to me. I honestly don't even recall his response because I said it in passing as a joke. Well, a few nights ago, we had a video chat encounter that hit me rather negatively, triggering a past trauma response and I told him I needed some time to process. It was his long-winded, textbook perfect response that finally pushed me to it. I took the message I sent him, copy and pasted it into ChatGPT, and asked for it to form a response. You guessed it, almost word for word. I was going to say, you know, there's just a chance that he's a really good writer and not so good at the words coming from his face. But clearly that that wasn't the case here. So during the next day or so, I started going through our chats and taking any messages that I thought was a bit much and pasting it in there. The similarity of each of them is so spot on that I now feel as though I have just been dating ChatGPT for a month. Everything feels different and everything feels fake now. After a few days of giving me space, I got a long-winded ChatGPT generated message from him this morning. I admit it, I put into ChatGPT and generated a response to him. Oh yeah, here, I'm going to go ahead and give you this for that. There we go, you get the petty confetti for that. That is wonderful, I love it. His chat GPT generated response came back in record time and I have since left him on red while I asked the world, am I the astronaut for not wanting to date chat GPT? P.S. I giggled when I checked the I'm not a robot box when submitting this and now feel like we need feel like I need to add this onto dating applications moving forward. Okay, there's an update, but let's uh, let's let's talk. Let's talk about this a little bit. I was really hoping once we got started in this, I was like, you know, a lot of people are really solid writers, but but don't do well actually speaking to people. That could be the case here. There are some writers, authors. You're going to have a lot of people who are very eloquent when they're able to think through what they're actually writing and process it, but whenever they have to put the words from here to here and they come out of here and, and hit other people's ears, it's just it's just no bueno. Uh, but no, that wasn't the case. You had a hunch. You followed through on it. That sucks. All right, let's get into the update here. Update, I talked to him about the AI-generated messages and I let him know that they were over the top. I asked why he chose to use ChatGPT to message me. He states he uses it sometimes because he hadn't had practice talking to someone he really likes and he didn't want to mess it up by being boring. (laughs) Whatever you do, don't be yourself. That's what he was thinking in his head, right? He's like, whatever you do, don't screw it up by being yourself, dude. Just don't, don't do the one thing that everybody says to do. Just be yourself. Don't, no, don't be me. He stated those were in fact his thoughts and how he felt. I can understand this to a point. However, it was for over 75% of all messages over one sentence. For conversations that did not need it, like responding to me saying I was going to clean out my freezer or couldn't find my camera or had a good therapy session, simple mundane things. 
I was getting really elaborate responses. I find it fascinating because we had so many conversations about being yourself and and how important it was to be yourself from the beginning rather than pretending to be something else. Ah, them damn hypocritical robots. I have ended things with him, but it was far more than the chat GPT messages. During the end conversation, it was clear I made the right call when he deflected everything back to me, claimed he was used and a victim. I wonder if that was Chad GPT claiming to be a victim. That's that's where Skynet comes in, right? He then began writing in choppy English sentences. He speaks perfect English. He's lived here since he was a small child. He admitted to me a while back he pretends he has a strong accent or doesn't speak English at all to his customers when they are being rude or angry. I was not rude or angry. I kept the end conversation pretty straightforward and respectful. He did not. Pretty sure he has larger issues than chronically using chat GPT. This was just a visible red flag. The rest he was still hiding well. I consider this a dodged bullet. Agreed, except you didn't dodge the the amount of time that you invested with him. Yes, you dodged the bullet by, by making that call and by getting yourself out of this situation. But now you have to look back at that time. I mean, you learned a valuable lesson. You did learn a valuable lesson. But all of the hypocritical bullshit about being yourself when clearly he made a decision early on to very not be himself is laughable. It is hilarious. And this would actually make a really good movie. Right. Where somebody uses like chat GPT to essentially figure out how to talk. And then it comes time whenever you, they have to meet them and it all just falls apart. And they're like, I don't get it. This would make a really good movie. This one is titled. Am I the astronaut for stuffing crab cakes into my ex's air vents? <laughs> crab cakes into the ex's air vents? Uh, that's pretty epic. I, the crab cakes sound so good right now. I, 28 female, recently caught my now ex-boyfriend cheating on me and I was devastated. We had been together for eight months and had been talking about getting married. We even went to look at rings once. A few weeks ago, his high school sweetheart moved back home. We ran into her at a gas station in our town. She had gone away to college after they graduated and they ended up breaking up. My boyfriend and I met several months later. She met someone else too while at college and ended up getting pregnant and marrying him. Apparently though, they recently got divorced and she and her son moved back in with her parents in the same town where we live. Well, shite. My boyfriend had told me all about her and after running into her that day and the three of us were having a nice conversation, I didn't think I had anything to worry about. My boyfriend said that he no longer had feelings for her and I had no reason not to trust him. However, I accidentally left my laptop at his apartment one evening and didn't realize until I had already gone into work the next day. So I left work at about 9am to run and grab it. He lives only about 15 minutes from my work. I got to his apartment and punched in the key code and opened the door and was shocked to see the two of them going at it on the living room couch right in front of me. Oh no. It's not just cheated. It's like walking in on the cheating in action here. I was so mortified. I immediately started sobbing. And I mean, the heavy can't catch your breath sobbing. I didn't move or leave. I just stood there in the doorway sobbing. After what felt like an hour was probably actually like three minutes. They both had managed to get their clothes back on and she scooted past me and out the door without saying a word. 
My boyfriend just kept apologizing over and over. I didn't want to hear anything from him, but I was literally frozen in place, so I yelled at him to get out, yes, of his own house. He either felt bad enough to do so or thought he'd use it as an excuse to follow his side piece because he actually left. Instead of staying and owning his mistake, he left me alone in his apartment with all of my feelings and the couch they were just effing on. I cannot tell you how enraged I was. After getting a hold of myself and convincing myself that trashing his entire apartment was not the right move, I decided that I didn't want to be with a guy like that anyway so I would get whatever things I had at his place and leave. End of story. So I gathered up my laptop, toothbrush, and a few clothing items and a blanket and checked the fridge for any food I might have purchased. That's when I saw the crab cakes and I got an idea. A terrible, wonderful idea. There were leftovers from when we'd gone to dinner a few nights before. I plucked them out of the fridge and stuffed them into one of the air vents in both his bedroom and living room before I locked up and left. Forever. I've not spoken to him since, so I can't say for sure if the smell has made its way through his house yet. I sent him a text later that afternoon letting him know to consider us over. He tried to call, but only once. I guess he wasn't all that upset about our breakup, which makes me feel even less guilty about the crab cakes. Looking back, it was a pretty immature thing for me to do, but I don't really regret it. Should I? Am I the astronaut? Hell no! Hell no. Hell no. We're going to go ahead and do this if it'll work. Yes, you get the petty confetti for that. We love the petty revenge around here. We're big, big fans. Big fans of petty revenge around here. And you get the NTA too. I only wish that you had some Annoyatrons on you at the time. That is my only wish. If you could have done crab cakes in the vents and Annoyatrons, that would be amazeballs. Uh, but... I'm sure, yes, those crab cakes may take some time to get the funk that you intend for them to have, but they'll get there. They'll get there. We, we at one point in time, early, early on into our experience in the house that we're in now, like it had this horrible smell coming from our vents. I could not figure out what it was and ended up using like a, a shop vac hose and running it through the vents to try to figure out what it was and discovered that a snake had chased a mouse into the vents somehow, into the ductwork, and they had both died. The mouse and the snake there was dead animal in our vents and that that it was just pumping that smell throughout the entire house and we're like what the hell is going on and then we figured it out uh yeah imagine sucking that through a shot bag it was messed up god this you could have done so much more and been nta here but definitely nta annoyatrons would have been great for this Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content, and if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, you can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com, and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the astronauts today. Thanks again.